Have your fantasy teams been struggling this year? Or perhaps you've been doing pretty well but want to put yourself over the top? Then make sure to visit our friends over at Finish First Fantasy Advisors. They are the premier one-on-one consulting firm that specializes in providing you with expert support to help guide you to the championship. You will be matched with one of their expert advisors to provide you with the season-long insight for your redraft, dynasty, or DFS formats. Their advisors will contact you weekly to answer all of your questions and provide you the needed information to get to the next level. Set up a free 15-minute consultation by emailing them at info at finishfirstfantasy.com or by visiting them at www.finishfirstfantasy.com. That's www.finishfirstfantasy.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Ryan Scullard and on tonight, although we tried recording an episode two days ago and it uh, and we'll, we'll call it we'll call it operator error that <laughs> we didn't have um, we didn't have an episode our sleepers and bus episode this week and sorry for that guys but um, on with me tonight. We did is, it, but it didn't get to you. Yeah, we did it. It was a great show. <laughs> and we had a lot of great information. You guys just didn't hear it. So um, uh, on the show with me tonight is uh, is uh, CJ Krause. He's one of our uh, one of our rankers. Um, last year had one of our uh, one of our featured articles. What was it? Uh, Pop, lock, and drop it yeah. for quarterbacks. And so... <laughs> This last week in week seven, he was actually the number one ranker on Fantasy Pros in terms of his accuracy score. So uh, welcome to the show, CJ. Yeah, happy to be on for the first time recorded and second time total. Yeah, you're probably not going to let me forget that one, but that's okay. <laughs> at least this show, at least. I won't let it go. Once it gets posted, I'll know it's real. <laughs> um, what you don't realize is it's happened to me before a couple of times. And the, two t- and, and the major times that it's happened to me before was I was, get this, I was interviewing. Um, it was interviews getting ready for the NFL draft. And so I interviewed the radio play-by-play guy for Nebraska football and forgot to hit record. Oh. <laughs> and um, and that was, uh, and then uh, when I was interviewing the radio play-by-play guy for Tennessee three years ago about Alvin Kamara, forgot to hit record. So I told him there were some technical difficulties and rescheduled that interview for about a week later and was able to finally... You're just trying to keep your secrets to yourself. That's all it is. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm just... Hey, I'm willing... I'm at least willing to state that I'm not above human error. So I'm... Full disclosure. Aren't we all, though? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, just look at some of our picks this week. So we were great on some and not so great on others. And, uh, yeah... 70% 70% of the time is the goal, right? <laughs> All right. Well, okay. R- one more thing, just kind of as a side note. One of the best things I ever heard about fantasy football experts was from Brad Evans, who said, "There's the, the, was it the only, thing, the only difference between a fantasy football expert and a guy who just knows a lot about fantasy football and plays a lot of leagues is one guy is willing to have his opinions out there and criticized by the entire world. The other one isn't. So really, that's all it is, is just we're willing to say what we think, put it out there for other people to see on mass markets and, you know, willing to get absolutely berated for costing other people their leagues. So at the end of the day, they put the person in the lineup, but I, I, will, 
I will do my best to guide to my best knowledge. And if, if someone puts something in their lineup, I probably put them in mine too. So I'm feeling the same pain. Correct. I don't, so I commit to everything I put out there. So. All right. Well, why don't we go ahead and get started with, uh, with uh, the, the news and notes for the day. Today's headlines. All right, and in today's headlines, there's not actually a whole lot going on. Um, there was a cut here. There was a couple injuries. Um, the first one uh, was actually from the same game. We've got T.Y. Hilton, who had to leave the game with a groin injury, and in the same game, Kenny Galladay left early with a hip injury. So, um, really, T.Y. Hilton hasn't done much this year in terms of the the whole cohesion with um with philip rivers philip rivers has more targeted the tight ends um which by the way jack doyle showing up to score a touchdown today i thought he was out i don't i mean he he exists like he runs a couple routes a game (laughs) i I just i dropped him in a dynasty league recently but i still wouldn't have been near my starting line with with burton actually getting most of the targets yeah i mean and ty helms been dead to me in fantasy for a while i think i had him at like 58 or something like that like i just don't rank ty hilton anymore and then i think the injury to, to kenny galladay kind of hurt everyone i mean i i think i had him in the i had him as a top 10 wide receiver this week yeah, so. i had him at wide receiver eight and it was a good matchup well not a good matchup but like he's kenny galladay and he's like an anomaly he's like the only receiver um that gets the least amount of separation with how high of a catch rate he's like i forget the exact stat but it, he's literally the one percent of contested catch rate success that's like over 60 percent yeah We'll have to look that up. I think that's that's one of the stats on next gen stats. Well, we can use yeah. that for another episode. Um Gus Edwards was being evaluated for a knee injury. I don't know if he was able to come back in that game. Um I wasn't doing much anyways. No. It, and and for everyone who is who is you know I know that there was another podcast, another major podcast, we'll put it that way, <laughs> so that we're not naming names. It was all about, you know, when Mark Ingram was announced as out Pick up Gus Edwards. He's going to get the volume. They couldn't run. I mean, they ran well overall, but no one I, did. They did anyone run in for a touchdown today? Was I don't it believe Dobbins so. Got? Dobbins got the yardages, but I don't think they ever like you run into a brick wall when you're facing against uh, Pittsburgh. That's the biggest thing about that. Um, like ever since I watched Week One and they just like shut down Barkley, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not. I'm ranking everyone like down here at this point. <laughs> <laughs> like. Um, Tevin Coleman uh, was active today and then went out with a knee injury. So we'll have to see where that goes. Well, that welcome back, back bud. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, uh, the, sucks. the the Seattle defense actually looked a little nasty today. They were they were really hitting hard. Um, to go along with it, Jimmy Garoppolo limped off after the third sack. The Seahawks got three sacks in a game. Can you believe it? Um <laughs> They've looked better. I mean, I understand you probably feel it more than anybody else watching the games, but I they do. have looked better. And they've been very good versus the run. Um, yes. the, the the pass is what they've been like lacking. But well a lot of a lot of it in the past game has been where they've gotten up by so much they're playing prevent defense and give up a ton of yards. Mm-hmm. Because really coming such in a problem. coming into today, I think they had only given up nine maybe 10 passing touchdowns which was still in the top 10 in the league they just give up yards like it's no one's business so mm-hmm. well they're letting the yards at that point but yeah 
it's great for fantasy. Oh yeah, yeah, garbage time. You know, that's that's you know, Blake Bortles built a fantasy career off of garbage time. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, we'll see how long Jimmy Garoppolo's out. Uh, Nick Mullins came in and scored 17 points in fantasy and was, uh, I think, a top 12 scorer <laughs> in terms of quarterbacks with uh, with that performance. In the uh, was it from halfway through the third quarter on? So, yeah. Uh, the L- the other major injury was um, George Kittle went out with an ankle injury. X-rays show it's not a fracture. They're going to continue testing uh, him on Monday. I mean, for me, this looks like he may. Be, I mean, I could see him missing at least in a, at least a week. So it's possible that uh, we could be looking at a, a Ross Dwelly streaming option next week. I mean, Roster always played well every time he's had to have his like number calling. That's basically the offense utilizes the tight end so well. And Nick Mullins has been known to like really. If I'm assuming that Garoppolo is going out, he might not play either. But Jimmy G and Nick Mullins are known to use their tight ends more often, so he's definitely on the streaming radar. Who do they play next week? Look that up really quick. Um, sure. One sec. Uh, next week uh, they, they play Green Bay. Hard, yeah. Okay, Green Bay. Yeah, in Green Bay. Oh. No, it's at home. Green Bay at home on okay. Thursday. Oh, it's a Thursday night, so it's a short week. So yep. No worries. That we're, I I would be um, planning to be without Kittle yep. on the short week. With that, maybe planning to be without Garoppolo. So I might be looking at Nick Mullins, the Rostwelli connection, um, coming in <laughs> here soon. <laughs> so. All yeah. right, and the only other you know major news in the NFL today. Wasn't it's not necessarily fantasy related, but it kind of is. The Jets actually traded um, inside linebacker Avery Williamson to Pittsburgh, so the rich get richer, and the Steelers' defense is going to be that much better. So this is just it's just one more one more sign that you don't use people against Pittsburgh if you don't have to. If today was an indication on that and shutting the the way they shut down, um, even though they scored a lot of points like on the board, but like fantasy wise, it's not a good call. In terms of fantasy, yeah, in terms of in terms of fantasy production, I mean, because yeah, there's they're they're getting you know, the the Ravens got a lot of yards. I want to say they ran for over a hundred yards in the first half. Yeah, but at the same time, um, I want to say that Lamar Jackson did he turn it over four times today? Was it two t- two interceptions and two fumbles? Uh, I believe it was three, but yeah, three interceptions uh, and a fumble. I know there was a pick six involved in there too. So okay, yeah, so yeah. definitely. Sorry, like, it was Carson Wentz that had two interceptions and two fumbles. So yeah, <laughs> so these guys. I mean, Lamar going back to his way he was playing as a rookie with having the ball control that he was showed his sophomore year. So yeah. That's a one-week thing, or it's going to be kind of a trend again. Yeah. All right, so why don't we go ahead now? We are about to go into our Kings and Stings section. Um, And again, what we do uh, for Kings and Stings is we start off with um, our Kings, our three Kings of the Week at each position, so quarterback, running back, wide receiver, and tight end. And then we go through our, our Stings. So, And again, for the Stings section, these are not guys that are just you know, guys that scored zero points because, you know, that could be anyone that's, own, you know, rostered in less than 60% of leagues. These are guys that you almost definitely started that co- could have cost you your week because of how poor their their 
play was, so how poor their their output was. So, um, before we get into Kings and Stings, we do want to give a quick shout out to Dr. Squatch Soaps, uh, one of the main uh, sponsors and affiliates that we have with Skull King Football. Um, I personally, I don't know if you've ever actually, I don't know, CJ, have you ever actually seen any of their commercials or like their ads on like Facebook and stuff? I've not, but I'm okay. sure it's coming soon. And we're going to be talking about it. <laughs> now that I've mentioned it, and you're going to yeah. hear it, you're going to be thinking about Dr. Squatch Soap, and you're going to see an ad for him on Facebook. Uh, if I log in right now, it's going to show up. I promise. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, no, Dr. I love Dr. Squatch Soaps. I love I love the 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 you know, all natural, um, made in the USA, uh, practic they're practically homemade. Um, they smell great. They feel great. They're not. There's no detergents or anything in them. Um, my favorite one is the pine tar bar, which is actually an all black soap bar. Um, but, uh, the, the one thing that we have with them is that, is that if you go to Dr. Squatch and order $20 worth of product, you get 20% off if you use the, the, the promo code SKS20. So again, go to Dr. Squatch soap, check out their soaps. They've got toothpaste. They've got, um, they've got shaving cream, shaving bars and, and accessories, Go to Dr. Squatch, order $20 worth of product, and you get 20% off of any order over $20 with the promo code SKS20. So make sure to go check them out. Really, I mean, we've already had a few a few people um, use our promo code there. Um, I'm sure that they are going to love uh, what they've got. So, all right, let's go ahead and hop into our kings and stings. We'll start it off with the quarterbacks. Um cool. And I'll just go ahead and list these off real quick, and we'll kind of give our thoughts on them. So starting it off, Patrick Mahomes, our number one king of the week, 416 yards passing, five touchdowns, finishes off with 36.64 points. Number two is Russell Wilson. Um, and I actually moved Patrick Mahomes from first to fourth in my rankings this week, like the beginning of the day, and had Russell Wilson number one. I would have had one and two right. <laughs> but Russell Wilson, um, 28.74 points, 261 yards, and four touchdowns. He also had 23 yards rushing. And number three, a little bit of a surprise here, uh, Matthew Stafford finishes with 23.44 points, 336 yards, three touchdowns, an interception, and a lost fumble. So um, any, any thoughts on any of those games today? I mean, the biggest thing and takeaway is that we're, I don't think you or me are surprised the way the way Russ played with everything. We were kind of assuming that would be more of a passing game with um, the way the running back situation was with Chris Carson, Carlos Hyde, Travis Homer, and DJ Dallas. Um, only half of them being active <laughs> with that one. So um, he's been just doing amazing things in there. San Francisco, even though they are considered a great defense, the injuries have kind of like r hurt their pass rush. Um, one of the biggest takeaways for me is the Mahomes and Stafford. I mean, I, I had them both moderately high. Um, I was a little bit lower on Mahomes in the consensus just because I didn't see them doing this where they just like punched them in the mouth and kept hitting them. I was like, I was like stop, yeah. they're already dead. Like, why do you keep <laughs> doing this? Um, so I expected a little less points because they're usually good about um, this year at least. They've been kind of just letting – once they got the lead, they hold it. That's all I'm looking for. But, no, I mean – you can always have a game laced with Mahomes and Stafford. Um, the biggest surprise of that one is Kenny Galladay, I believe, had zero points. Correct. And Stafford did this. Yep. So it just shows um, what the offense can do, even though they um, didn't get the win here. But, yeah. 
Yeah, well, I think he he ends up not being in the top three, but uh, Marvin Jones had two of those touchdowns today. And I actually yeah. told someone today to start Marvin Jones because they're like, do I do Marvin Jones or do I do this guy? And like, I'd go with Marvin Jones. It's not the best matchup, but I just think he that he's he's the better option for today. And sure enough, he, he, he's just always that guy that you um, if you're like, I don't know what I need, but I need some points. Some chasing like someone had Julio earlier in the week. Oh, I'm chasing points like throw Martin Jones and I'm in a great year this year. But he's always good for these like two to three touchdown games at least once or twice a year. Yeah. And a week, you know, it was. All right. So let's move on to the running the running back Kings. Uh, Dalvin Cook. Yeah, I really, really, really don't like him. I had him at one. He was my one. I had him at four because I just yeah. I just wasn't sure. I moved him down to four just because he is coming off a groin injury. It's possible that that could you know he could tweak something with in the cold weather. But no, he he. I mean, to kind of interject, the biggest thing I saw with this matchup is the fact that the weather was gonna. We talked a lot about the weather in the unrecorded session, um, especially this game that usually the pass catchers take about a 15% drop along with the quarterback um, in a game with that high of wins. And that also usually transfers more to about 10 to 15 more percent to the running back position in those games. Yep. So that's kind of what made me kind of like leave him at one, even though it was a great, it was a great matchup for it. And just like, let me solidify that whenever that was. Um, so that's where my head was at. But having him there and, I, and it worked out real well. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, Yeah. Like I said, I think I had him at four. Um, Dalvin yeah, Cook. Scared. Huh? Dalvin Cook's always hurt, so just play him and see what yeah. happens. 47.6 points in half-point PPR. 30 rushing attempts for 163 yards, three touchdowns, and let's not forget two receptions for 63 yards, one of them being a 50-yard touchdown. So I faced him in a couple leagues. I did not play him in any of my, um, any of my DFS lineups. And one of them, I finished fourth, and three of the three guys ahead of me all had Dalvin Cook in lineups, and I didn't. So that hurt. Um, number two, Giovanni Bernard. I think that the, I mean, I understand that Joe Mixon is like their guy. I think that Giovanni Bernard is the more productive when he's in there than than Joe Mixon. I mean, Gio's always done this when yes. Mixon is out. Like, I don't think he's had a bad you know, game under, like, 15 fantasy points when Mixon is out. Um, I'm just feeling like he doesn't um, – can't handle the workload long term. Probably not. Or, and that's what I believe. I think it's more like a, a Mike Davis situation yeah. where, it's like, where it's like fresh legs, you're on fire, and that – that being said, I still had him as a, um, a high – like a top seven running back this week because I just love the matchup. Um with that so kind of it's working out for me with that one uh and i started him over i think i sat cream hunt and played him instead this week in the league yeah i had i had cream hunt as like my running back three or four um i dropped down to 12 i believe yeah as far as uh so yeah uh, giovanni bernard finished with 21.3 points 62 rush yards and a touchdown Three catches, 16 yards, and another touchdown. So, And then Alvin Kamara, I mean, it's no surprise ever, no matter who he's going up against, just because of the volume to see him up here. 12 catches or twelve rushes for 67 yards, uh, nine catches for 96 yards. Didn't finish with a touchdown, but still finished with over 20 points. 
I mean, that should have been an automatic start with uh, everything going on, with Michael Thomas hitting, no Emmanuel Sanders. They're throwing to yep. Deontay Harris um, and Traquan Smith. I, Callaway didn't play. That should have been like the smash play of everybody. I think I had him at two. Yep. And he just finished at three. So that was kind of the auto. And just, I, and, and we're not going to go over their stats, but the next four guys in terms of scoring half point PPR. DJ Dallas with 20.3, Zach Moss 20.1, Jordan Wilkins with 19.8, and Naheim Hines with 19.7. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that shows you what happens in fantasy football. Somewhere. Jonathan Taylor owners are not pleased. No. Today. New, no, not at all. So, <laughs> all right, on to the wide receiver kings. Number one, Mr. DK Metcalf, 34.1 points, 15 targets, 12 receptions, 161 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, those were uh, the 15 targets and I want to say that the targets, the receptions, and the yards were all new career highs for DK Metcalf in a single game. Um, Devontae Adams, of course, seven catches, 53 yards, and three touchdowns for 26.8 points today. And Robert Woods kind of coming out of the coming out of the woods. Uh, uh, woods. Uh, Twenty four point nine points had two rushes. One of them was for a touchdown, nine total yards, and then seven yards or seven catches for eighty five yards and a touchdown. There, he was a big surprise there. So, yeah, definitely Robert Woods is a bigger surprise. The game script was uh, definitely not what I expected with Tua making his first start facing um, down the pass rush. They had on the other side. Yeah. Um, but again, the defense made him keep playing and they keep passing. I believe that Cooper Cup had, what, 21 targets, 22 targets in that game and finished 110 yards. And then Robert Woods with his eight targets. They just kept funneling to their best players, which they haven't done in a while, which is good to see. Yeah. So let me, I'm trying to look at uh, where's, I'm trying to figure where Cooper Cup actually finished. There he is. Yeah. 21 targets, 11 yep. catches for 110 yards. <laughs> yeah, I was like, he had like a ridiculous amount of targets. Like every pass was trying to get to Cup. And, like, yeah, they got half of them. Yep. <laughs> so, all right. And then, finally, our tight ends. Uh, obviously, I mean, again, no stranger to the top. Travis Kelsey, 20.9 points, 12 targets, 8 catches, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Number two, Jared Cook, seven or five catches, 51 yards, and a touchdown for, for sorry, 13.6 points. And Eric Ebron, 12.8 points, four catches, 48 yards, and a touchdown. I mean, the first two shouldn't really surprise you too much. I mean, Jerry could be in number two probably a little bit, but it goes hand-in-hand hand with Alvin Kamara whenever Correct. the pass catchers are on the field, the receptions go there. I mean, I think Drew Brees is looking at him in every end zone play. I mean, there was that one that he just, like, tripped and fell, and then he caught the next one for a touchdown right before halftime um, with that one. Kelsey, when Mahomes throws that many touchdowns, one's barring to get to Kelsey. One's going to go to Kelsey. It's going to happen. Um, I know we differed on Ebron this week. I was higher than most on him. I think I had him at like tight end 13. So There's a streamer for me. I don't know where you ended up putting him, but let me see if I can actually pull up my rankings. I had disappeared afterwards. This I don't know how they find. Well, him, I, I I do them actually on the. I actually go to the website to actually skullkingsports.com and because that's the only place that they stay up until I until I change them. So I yeah. had air. <laughs> Oh, gosh. <laughs> In hindsight. I, I had Eric Ebron at uh, tight end 24. 
What did I have him at? You, you had him at part. 13. You did not 13. actually yeah. have him the highest. Oh, really? Anthony Haggy had him at uh, tight end 12. Good job, like, man. So. Edge me out by one. I should have believed him more. And how, um, man, and Jimmy Graham, I had him as a – we had, both had him as a sleeper play. Did he do anything today? Not much at all. Oh, yeah, one of those days. So The biggest thing I think with Ebron, he's consistently getting about five to six targets, averaging 5.3 going in this game. He got five this game. I think he's just like a safe play and then matchup dependent. Um, Baltimore is good uh, against the tight end, but they're not great. Yeah. I think it's um, something you can get a cover. As long as his hands don't turn to stone, I think Ebron can have good games because he's, he's due for about one to two drops a game, though. Yeah. So. All right. Uh when now we move on to our sting section again. These are guys that you almost definitely started, um, and just kind of the the rough games that they had. So our number one QB, our our two QB stings, Josh Allen, ninety nine percent rostered on Yahoo, thirteen point four six points, one hundred and fifty four yards, and an interception, no touchdowns passing. Uh, did have a rush TD and thirty two and twenty three yards rushing. So um, usually, I mean. Josh Allen has really fallen off over the last couple weeks. He's kind of doing the uh, the uh, um, the Russell Wilson thing from the last few years. Well, Russell Wilson would start off hot for like five weeks and then really fall off the second half of the season. Josh Allen, start. I think they're starting to figure out Josh Allen a little bit. Although it didn't help that the weather was not great in Buffalo today for that mm-hmm. game. So there was a, it was cold weather and a bunch of wind in that one as well. So. Yeah, I mean, but you would think he would be able to get at least like um, some more like rushes in there. But the running backs played so well today against the um, the New England defense that like they didn't need to put Josh Allen in that situation. Correct. And then a game where it's bad weather, you can kind of like try to bank on a Josh Allen um, game with his legs. But when for, this is the first time we've seen the running backs be efficient, I think it's a good a good defense. Yeah, um, I believe both of them had 14 carries over 80 yards. Moss ended up getting the touchdowns, yeah. but they were both efficient when they've been averaging about like in terms of fantasy points just above five for single just below five for uh, moss so this is a welcome thing i'm sure they don't want to run Allen as much it's more annoying for fantasy than anything else yep. when that happens yep. but i'm sure that um as a team buffalo is pretty happy about that so it's something to monitor in the upcoming weeks because Allen we usually bank on the floor as well um because you know his arm can be sporadic to yep. say the least uh, the other the other QB sting, uh, 87% rostered on Yahoo. Carson Wentz, 10.62 points. This was a game primed for him to actually finally play pretty well. Yeah, but he can't hold on to the football. Points. He can't hold on to the football. He couldn't hold on to the football. He lost and two he... fumbles, threw two interceptions, but he did throw for two touchdowns, 123 Both to, um Diggs on the, uh, on, uh, on the Dallas Cowboys. So I think it's the least stuff on Diggs' brother. Yep. Out there. Yep. Through, so. through both the interceptions to him tonight. So, yep. so. 10.62 points for Carson Wentz. So just, yeah, he just, he was struggling. He was a, he was one of those, uh, a good, a decent value play so that I could stack the rest of my DFS rosters other places. Yeah. And it just didn't quite work out as well as I wanted, so. What you have? You have him at four in your rankings? Four or five. Yeah, something like that. I, ha- I had him at five. I expected more out of him, too. I mean, yeah, bad week. I had him at four. You had him at five. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry was the best of us. Had him at seven. <laughs> so. <laughs> so I mean, none of us did too well. I mean, once been playing great this season in terms of fantasy, not really on the field. Yeah. So if you like, like, you just kind of all those things that like Eagles fans like watch the game. They're like, how is he doing so well in fantasy? I'm. I was, we all felt that tonight watching in prime time. 
that's pretty much the whole NFC East. Just like close your eyes and hope for the best. Yeah, it's ugly. Speaking of the NFC East, let's move on to the running backs. <laughs> and Zeke, our big running back sting, or one of our big running back stings, uh, 100% rostered, 7.8 points, 63 rush yards, and a catch for 10 yards. They really don't know how to use Ezekiel. And again, part of it is the fact that they don't have a quarterback so that they can fo- so the defenses tend to focus on the run. That being said, at one point, Zeke was averaging six yards a carry. Um, I want to say through the first half he was averaging six yards a carry. And they never really got behind by enough that they had to, quote-unquote, abandon the run. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm, I put a lot of this at the feet of Kellen Moore as the offensive coordinator. I mean, I understand that they're missing some, they're missing some pieces and they're on their third-string quarterback. I get it. But is there any way? I mean, the, he—they've done a terrible job of, in my opinion, of getting Zeke involved in the offense from the beginning of this season. I mean, I could see go both sides of this one. The biggest thing I see is that offensive line struggle. Um, once they get healthy, we'll probably see more of Zeke going through. I mean, the Philadelphia um, pass rush—if they wanted to use it—they decided not to most of this game. They wanted to let Jimmy be in the kind of like with that could have gotten and plugged up some holes in there. Also with these backup quarterbacks, they're seeing more stacked boxes of that. So the biggest thing is getting Zeke in space. And tonight they wanted to use Pollard in that aspect from what I was seeing in the game um, was that Pollard was the one catching the screens. He was the one, and that's been Zeke normally. Um, I don't know how many targets he got. I can look it up real fast, but he's been averaging six a game. I don't believe he got six targets this no, game. Uh, Zeke today had uh, two targets. Yeah, so he's at one third of his normal target share, on top of um, poor matchup. And again, they didn't fall too far behind, but they were still down by fourteen going in the last like couple minutes. Yeah. So, all right, uh, next. They one. just look bad as an offense. Yeah, they are. Uh, <laughs> the next one, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, one hundred percent rostered, four point six points, twenty one yards, three catches for ten yards. This is another one of those. They were just beating up the Jets in the pass game. They didn't really need to utilize the run game. I mean, this is I think that this was just you'd expected the game script to go towards the run. And I think this is one of those days where they just I think Patrick Mahomes was so on just yeah, I'll let him keep going. I mean, that's what I believe I think happened. Like I had him all the way up at running back 4 this week just because I expected them to get a lead and then just like hold it. That's what I've been doing all season. Like they're not, they haven't been doing the whole high fly in score 40, 30 points on everybody like they've done before. So based on what I saw this season with that, and today they did. So anytime this can happen, um, CEH, um, and an extension, Le'Veon Bell, neither one did anything of fantasy relevance today. No, I believe he had what Le'Veon Bell had six carries for seven yards or some like ridiculously low number. Um, it was just one of those games where they just let they let Mahomes do his thing and um they just got passing downfield and it worked so yep. uh, our last uh, running back sting jonathan taylor 99 percent rostered 4.1 points 22 yards carrying two catches for nine yards this was basically the jordan wilkins and neheim hines show <laughs> in in indianapolis i mean they i mean they were what those two were number six and seven i believe in terms of running backs scoring running back scoring this week. So, um, yeah. I mean, the biggest thing to take away from this is the workload, how it was distributed. 
Um, Jordan Wilkins had 20 carries compared to John Taylor's 11. That's on the big thing to keep looking at this one. Um, and they've been Jordan Wilkins throughout the season. So I'm not sure if we're not seeing something in practice. Um, I believe it coming out of the bye, they wanted to, I guess, use Wilkins as the RB1. And it could be just a hot hand situation. This is something to monitor going forward to the Jonathan Taylor owner with that because the pass works going to go to Hines more often than not. That's his role. Yeah. Um, he also does a, a wicked back tuck into like a corkscrew um, when he catches touchdowns, apparently. So <laughs> that's something cool to see. So give that guy the ball more so I can see that more. But um, as a Taylor owner, it's something to be very worried. I mean, what do you think? Is this time to start shopping Taylor and try to see what you can get for him? Because I know everyone that has him drafted high and they expected him to be the guy um, going forward with Mac gone. What would you do? Or what, what what are you planning to do with your team that have Jonathan Taylor? I don't have Jonathan Taylor on any of my teams, so that helps. Okay. Um, and and, <laughs> and good right now. <laughs> and, and here's something I say on, on on I admit this on all the podcasts where where something like this comes up and all the live streams I do, I'm horrible with fantasy trades because every single fantasy trade I do that should work out completely in my favor blows up in my face, and not my you know the guy I traded for gets injured. It's it's usually the guy I traded for then just completely disappears from an offense when he's been like the number one guy and I give up a whole bunch for him and then yeah, they're just they just stop using him and stop utilizing him and something like you know, something like that. Or the guy that, you know, I, I pitched, hey, this guy has a whole lot of potential and I trade him away and I was right he has a whole lot of potential and he takes off and the guy that I had, you know, does worse. So it's so it's just Moving on to Jonathan Taylor, I I would be concerned. I would see if you could poss if there's possibly something you could get for him. Um, I would be willing at this point to maybe move on and at least put him on the on your league's trade block to see if you can see what kind of offers you could get for him. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to see um, someone I might try to get. You might be able to get we like a Chase Edmonds. Yeah, possibly uh, because. With Ken, uh, Drake injured, I think he's going to be the guy. And this game, again, it could just be a hot hand game, but they're showing 20 carries to Jordan Wilkins to 11 to Taylor coming out of a bye. Um, usually that's when they make adjustments. Usually you would think the rookie would get um, more workload out of like Swift. Like he got more workload coming out of that. We're seeing that shift happen. Um, this is kind of, I would be abandoning ship almost if I can get something good in return. Because yeah. he still has all the potential in the world, that great athlete and everything, but if you're not getting the carries. So that's someone I would be aiming for if you have that potential in your league. Cause I think Edmonds is going to be the guy. And I think by the time Drake gets back, he could have that role locked in and they're coming off a of bye week as well. So you have them going forward. Yeah. So that's all right. An idea. Uh, moving on to the wide receiver stings. We talked about this in the, in the unrecorded episode on Friday <laughs> that no one got to hear. But we both were expecting Adam Thielen to struggle because of the weather. And what do you know? Adam Thielen finishes with 4.2 points, three catches for 27 yards because it was cold, windy, and so they just kept giving the ball to Dalvin Cook. And what do you know? Dalvin Cook goes off. Yeah, I mean, this is something that did not surprise me whatsoever. I had I was well below um the consensus ranking of both Thielen and Justin Jefferson because of that I mean not just the shift in weather but the matchup as well with Green Bay Green Bay just shuts down um wide receivers we've seen that consistently 
throughout the season. So it's something to monitor. They, they get gashed by the run and get shut down um, the receivers. So that's something as a team they should probably work on um, going forward. But yeah, I just, I, I will always downgrade that. And then with the weather conditions having the over 20 mile an hour winds, the cold, it just, it just, I don't know. I I'm not surprised. So <laughs> you and I were the only ones that had uh, of of the skulking uh, rankers that had Adam Thielen below wide receiver ten. You had him at nineteen. I had him at fifteen. And then Justin Jefferson. We were the only one. No, you had him at twenty six. I had him at twenty two. And Anthony had him at twenty seven. So okay. Yeah, I had him at twenty seven before. I think I moved something. Like someone like got injured. And I had to pull him out or something like that yeah. happens. I dropped him down when we first recorded. So All right. Um, and then Cooper, um, Amari Cooper, five targets, one catch, uh, one point, one catch, five yards. Um, I never would have expected Gallup to get that many more targets than, than Amari Cooper. I mean, he was getting stared down the whole time. Like, Danucci just literally looked to that side of the field the yeah. entire game. And just, like, that was his first read the whole time. It was either a short dump off to um, Schultz or literally right side of the field. Let's throw it there every time. I never saw him like look left one time as he was playing. Um, the biggest thing with that, I kind of got caught into the whole, oh, game one when Dooch came in and he threw literally only to Cooper. So I was a little bit higher than most. So I was trying to like read the tea leaves a little bit. But um, this is kind of an offense to avoid until Andy Dalton comes back. And even then it might be a way to kind of downgrade as a whole. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would, I would agree with you there. So, all right, moving on to the tight end stings. Number one, Jonu Smith, three point seven points, two catches for twenty nine yards. I did not see this coming against a defense that has struggled a little bit against tight ends. I don't want to talk about this. I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> Everything was there to set up for a great game, and he gets outscored by the backup tight end in this game. Like, even combined, they didn't have a great game. And Titans, in general, didn't have a great week um, with that, unless your name is Travis Kelsey. But, yeah, this one this one, this one, one stings hard. Yeah, let, let's see. Uh, John Smith, two catches for 29 yards, and Fersker had two catches for 36 yards. Yeah. Uh, it's just... I mean, when you have a game where Corey Davis goes off, uh, A.J. Brown has a great game, um, I guess it's harder to see that happening. But I, I did not see... Um, him having that little targets and again yeah. he's been averaging much more than that let me so yeah and so then the other, sorry go on yeah i was gonna say and then the, the the other one is is we usually don't involve injuries which is what you know kenny galladay didn't score any we didn't have him in the kings and stinks section because it's an injury because injuries are just plain you can't predict those uh but george kittle played most of this game and still only came down with two catches for 39 yards. I mean, and he went out like end of the third quarter, I think is what it was, or maybe it was even beginning of the fourth quarter. Garoppolo just wasn't hitting him. He just wasn't even, I mean, four targets, I think, is what he finished with in this game. I mean, it's, I think also it's heavily game-planned to stop Kittle. Uh, with Debo being out, I mean, it's no excuse. When you're that great of a player, you should have been schemed better or like done more with it. Um, the only only way I can consider this one is that like maybe he got hurt early on. He was fighting through it, and he couldn't deal with the press or the way they were playing him. Um, but yeah, it was just like a, um, San Francisco did not look good until Mullins got in, and by then that was when um, Kittle was out as well. So, 
And then the other the other big sting was uh, was the one you and I called, which unfortunately yeah. no one was able to hear. But uh, Mark Andrews finishing up uh, what was it? Uh, three catches for thirty two yards, four point seven points. Um, both of us, uh, you and I, were the only ones that had him. Let's see, the only ones that had him man. below tight end four. Everyone yeah, else had him four, three, or five, and you and I had him. I had him at ten, and you had him at fourteen. So yeah. I even moved him up last minute a little bit higher. They, I couldn't commit. I got scared. But um, even then, I still wasn't in on the on the. He's a, he's a disappearing artist. Yeah. Like, and he just makes you believe so much because you want to, because he's so much fun to watch when he's on. Yep. But um, he's still matchup dependent a lot of the time, and I love Mark Andrews. I call him Andrews. He's just like one of my favorite players in the tight end position. But bad matchup. Um, and then we like we've been talking about before. Lamar Jackson has not been a good thrower. Yep. this year yep um so yeah i mean i wouldn't say he's matchup dependent but i say temper expectation what compared to last year um and we all expect him to play better this year with no hayden hurst but i think i need to pay attention to more matchups especially since the offense as a whole has been like mark andrews and then some hollywood brown yep. and everyone else is kind of so they're really targeting on that all right well that's it for our kings and sting section what we want to do now is we want to do just a quick little monday night Monday Night Miracle section here. Um, try to figure out what what is available out there for you know of of guys that are left to play. Is there anyone that could help you win your league? So or win your win your matchup for this week. So looking at at this this game, Buccaneers against the Giants. Um, you and I don't have Tom Brady ranked extremely high this week, if I remember right. Um, let me double check what I got. You had him at 8 and I had him at 10. Yeah, I mean. So QB1. Yeah, I mean still, QB, still low. low low in QB1. I mean I, yeah. the way I was looking at it, the Giants have been semi decent against um semi decent against uh, uh quarterbacks um giving up I'm basically giving up about projection to quarterbacks. Um really where where they've been struggling a little bit more is in the run game and stopping the run. So um I think that I think that if you've got Rojo, I'm still worried about Leonard Fournette. Who about snapped him huh. last game? Yep. Who about snapped him last game? So, so, so yeah. I mean, so, I'm I'm always worried about Rojo just because the way Bruce Arians has always coached him. Um, you make one miss uh, blocking attempt, and you'll pull it for a while. You drop a pass, which we saw. You're sitting on the bench for a while. And I'm not saying I love Rojo trying to break off any play, but that's always worried me. I've always had him lower than normal. It kind of bit me a few times, but um, I could bite me this week. But, yeah, it always worries me with that start there. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I mean, you and I, oh, I don't have him the highest of all of us. I've got him at 17. I think I'm in the 20s. Yeah, you've got him at 23. So we'll kind of see yeah. how that matchup works out. Leonard Fournette, I could still see putting up, you know, again – Leonard Fournette is all going to depend on does Rojo end up in the doghouse again mid-game. I mean, also depends on the game trip goes. Yeah. Without, I mean, I don't see it being a script where um, they're going to need to check down to Leonard Fournette a bunch. Yeah. Just because he's been the pass catching back since he's been back pretty much. He's just has better hands than Rojo does. Um, and I don't see this one being one of those um, barn burning, especially since they're coming, they have a shorter week and they have the Saints next week. So I think they're... The way I look at it, I think they're going to try to get a lead and then just hold the lead. And that deems more Rojo plays, but um, you never know who's actually going to get the run. Yep. <laughs> so maybe it's a more 50-50 split. 
And then moving to, uh, you know, and, and really, we're not talking about the Giants because you really shouldn't be starting Daniel Jones unless you're in a two QB league and he should be like a low end QB two. So um, I don't trust anyone in the run game for, for the New York Giants, especially going up against the Buccaneers that are one of the best teams against the run. So that's why we haven't talked about anyone on the Giants yet. Moving on to the wide receivers, I could see, I could see Slayton and possibly Shepard. Shepard, you know, had a nice little comeback when he came back. What was it that first week? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that Daniel Jones likes throwing to him. Um, it's interesting because both, honestly, both Shepard and Tate are slot receivers. I mean, that's what they've always been. Um, and so, and so, I think that Shepard, I think that Shepard is is in for could be in for an okay game. I mean, I'm not trusting him to to do much more than eight, nine points in terms of half-point PPR. I mean, if you're looking for a Monday Night Miracle, I would look more towards Slayton if he's available. But Shepard yeah. is not a bad play. Because a lot of times Slayton's rostered. He's sitting on someone's bench, yeah. and they're upset about it, especially the way he's been playing. Um, but Shepard's one of those guys that, he, yes, he plays best out of the slot, but as long as Tate's there, he's not getting the slot snap. So he's still being an outside player um, currently. So that outside player could break one off or could hit a little slam to the house. I think... I don't think he's a bad play, but I still, like I said, eight to 10 points is what I'm expecting from him. But if you get eight to 10 points and add in a touchdown there, I can swing something. Yeah. And, and the one, the, the guy that I'm really looking at to, to really give you a, a, a boost if you need a Monday Night Miracle is Scotty Miller. Cause he's still only rostered in 10% of Yahoo leagues. Um, but it, with, with Chris Godwin still out, missing the next couple games. And you don't have AB coming back until next week. This, I mean, this could be another one of those. If if they're putting a whole bunch of extra coverage on Mike Evans, this could be another Scotty Miller week. Scotty Miller is one of those players that um, is the Monday Miracle like guy because he can go out there and score you thirty points. He can go out there and score you three points, and you <laughs> never. There's no rhyme or reason to how he scores. Like I, I'm a stats kind of guy, so I have to look at like what trends there are. And Scotty Miller's like no trend whatsoever so he's just one of those like Michael Hardman these guys you throw in you're like let's hope for the best yep um, but I need the points so if you're looking for someone out there to just pick up and play you need that shot in the dark I think he's not a bad call I believe I have him as a wide receiver three um just because the target share is going to be there but he could um again he's had the 20 plus point games already so he's got that in his uh, wheelhouse just if it happens um so uh, yeah, you and I, you and I have him about the same spot. You have him at wide receiver thirty nine. I have him at thirty eight. Okay, so I'm just outside the wide receiver three range. Yeah. yeah so um, again, that's because he disappears half the time too. Correct. <laughs> so, um, and again, you know, we talked about this. It, it may be game scripted towards the running backs if they get a if they get a big lead. So, um, and then as far as the tight ends go, um, I don't trust Evan Ingram at all. <laughs> no. I'm starting to trust Rob Gronkowski a little bit more though. Um, he's but again, we'll see. He's kind of, I think he finally got into actual football shape and has produced pretty well the last couple of weeks. I wonder how long it's going to last if his legs start turning to jelly again. Yeah, but the biggest thing Rob Gronkowski has going for him is the amount of um, passes that go to the tight end in that offense, whether it be Gronk, Brate, or Hudson. And I only know Hudson's name because I had to like spot start him in a two tight end league. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, they they have like a what I believe a thirty percent market share as it as a collective unit. Yeah, 
there, which is one of the highest. I believe it's the third highest, um, if I'm not mistaken. Which for a Bruce Arians offense is not normal. No, not at all. The, uh, Bruce Arians is known for having his tight ends block. Yeah. Period. Yep. Like there's like there's a quote saying I, I don't pay tight ends to um, run routes I pay them the block or something yep. like that yep. I don't know the exact quote but like I remember that I'm like okay so OJ Howard's gonna drop my rankings when they first got there yeah um but I think this is more Brady wants that so I think this is kind of a cohesive unit of the two working together is Brady's so used to using that middle area of the field and Gronk getting linebackers on him um, that can't even in his old age cover his athleticism yep as he has he's still a presence on that field so, but I mean, I, I'm still not super high on him. I have a, I have my tight end 11. I believe you have a tight end 9. And we both think Ingram is basically dead. I have him at 19. You're 23. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's it for tonight. Thank you for joining us, uh, CJ. We will definitely have to do yeah. this again. We'll see if we can uh, see if we can uh, get you on for tomorrow night when we go over our waiver wires. I'll, I'll be here. All right. Well, uh, we want to thank you guys so much for taking the time to listen again to the Skull King Fantasy Football Podcast. It looks like we actually got everything recorded, and so we actually have audio. <laughs> we'll we'll check this. Uh, I hope uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but again, thank you guys so much for listening. My name is Ryan Skullrude, uh, and this has been the Skull King Fantasy Sports, or sorry, Skull King Sports Fantasy Football Podcast. We'll talk to you later. Hey, Skull King Nation. Thank you for listening to the Skull King Football Podcast. Did you like this episode? If so, be sure to go to iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and YouTube to subscribe. Also, please leave us a rating and reviews to let us know how we can better help you rule your leagues.